Thank you for listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that your life will be forever changed by what you hear today. Our goal is to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. How is everybody? You're doing good. How about that worship? Boy, that was fantastic this morning. Uh, I want to thank Pastor Leah and uh, her amazing leadership and all of our band members. Um, uh, God is doing amazing things through our worship, and, uh, and I'm grateful for the team. Uh, I want to welcome you all. I'm Pastor Josh. I'm the senior pastor here at Hope City, and some of you are new, and I just want to say hello and uh, welcome you here this morning. Uh, today is a very special day for us, a very special day. Uh, I have been pastoring uh, in Crestview uh, for a little over seven years, uh, and I have had a dream to put a stake in the ground in our city uh, to build something. Uh, and not just a church. How many know we have plenty of those? But I'm talking about a seven-day-a-week refuge for people. A seven-day-a-week ministry building that it's not just Sundays. You know, churches are great. They're used wonderfully on Sundays. But another six days of the week, they can be an awful waste of space, can't they? But what if, what if God's vision for Hope City was different? What if God's vision for us was that Monday through Saturday, we give him the same praise and glory that we give him on Sunday in that house? What if we were just as busy trying to attract and love people the other six days a week as we were on Sundays? That is the vision of Hope City. That's why today I am honored to share with you for the first time publicly phase one of the Hope Center. Now, this is a beginning phase. Uh, The external walls are 22 foot high. This Without perspective, this may look like a tiny building. This is not a tiny building. This is an interior, 13,000 square feet, with an additional 6,400 square feet in covered space. That, if guys, if you're going to shift to the interior shot, we'll be able to house uh, a little over 400 seats in the main auditorium, all of our nursery, over 130 seats in our children's facility. Amen. This is going to be a facility that kicks off what I believe is the vision of Hope City. This is not the final build. This is only phase one, and I need you to understand that. Uh, When we started talking to our board, uh, at the same time we were talking about building something and getting us away from the mobile concept. And can I tell you, Troy was right earlier, mobile church, there's a weight to being mobile. Can I tell you, there's an expense to being mobile. And we wanted to be wise builders. And so uh, the board got together and we said, what is the best way to move forward? And so as we began to talk and discuss uh, the... Uh, remnants of uh, the COVID conversation begin to unravel back out. Uh, And can I tell you, the last time 
that I was a pastor in a school, what stopped that was COVID and they kicked us out of the schools. Um, so time is of the essence. Um, I believe if our government could do it again, they'd like to kick all churches out of schools. Amen. So time is of the essence of this build. Uh, this build, uh, according to the builder, uh, not just Pastor Josh, uh, Tim would tell you there's pastor time, and my time's always faster than everybody else's, but according to the builder, is 12 to 14 months. So we are quite possibly looking at by next Christmas being in this building. This is a, an exciting thing because what this allows us to do, everybody sees this in the perspective of Sundays. But I want you to understand that nurseries one, two, and three, Monday through Friday, can be used uh, for adult education classes, can be used by physician assistants to see people who don't have a uh, primary care physician. Uh, these classrooms can be used uh, for grief recovery classes. Uh, every one of these rooms uh, are not wholly unto their Sunday purpose. Every square inch of this place is going to be multi-use seven days a week. Amen. And so I want you to get excited because, yes, the auditorium, we're going to freak that out. We're going to have an unbelievable sound system. We're going to uh, do it up. We're going to have Sunday worship. It just blows people's socks off. But can I tell you, I also want that to be a meeting space that when our city needs a place to meet, uh, that they come to the church. It's about time that the church becomes a place of prosperity and hope that our city can come to in time of need. Amen. And so, uh, guys, if you'll just go through some of some more of the pictures, I'll just kind of kind of give you some more perspective. Um, these will show you the uh, the standard front doors. Again, exterior walls are 22 feet high. Uh, the apex of the roof, I believe, is going to be 40 feet. Uh, there's a car uh, where you can drop off under a covered area. Hello, somebody. That'd be exciting on rainy days. Uh, but this whole covered area out there is a place uh, where we can do uh, exterior outdoor events where you can still be covered, uh, picnics, uh, church events, just anything you can imagine. Uh, and so we just extended the roof out. The other thing that's important about that extended roof area, if you can hold right there for a second, guys, that extended roof area uh, later on has the opportunity to be uh, turned into a gymnasium. And so we're always thinking about building now, but what can it be developed into later? And so uh, long-term, you're looking at a building that can turn into a community center. It can turn into an outreach center. It can turn into pretty much anything we need it to do because we have not dug down so deep into a concept of a church that it can't be refitted for other uses, right? And so um, I was talking to one of my uh, spiritual mentors a few weeks ago, and he told me, he said, he said, Josh, he said, I'm going to tell you, he said, uh, what the Lord is speaking to me to tell you is, is don't make phase one an ego build. I said, an ego build, what is that? He said, it's what you're thinking in your mind you want to build right now. Because can I tell you, uh, in my mind, I wanted to go ahead and build the 50,000 square feet, go ahead and blow it out, you know, the 1,200-seat auditorium. I wanted to go with, for the gusto. But then it dawned on me that that would take years 
and I don't want to wait. I want to start being a blessing to people now. I am tired of being mobile and its limitations on this church. Can I tell you one of the limitations is that we cannot have childcare for our small groups. That's one of the things this building will alleviate. I am so concerned that we plan an event and working with the school has been phenomenal. Dr. Driver and the county have been wonderful to work with, but you and I as Hope City, we are not the priority of the school. The students are as they should be. But if we are trying to plan uh, a women's event per se, because this actually happened, one of our women's events, we had to reschedule because a schedule of a basketball team changed. Therefore, we got pushed off the schedule completely, which offsets 150 to 200 women uh, coming to an event that we've already planned and processed. So my focus on getting the Hope Center built is twofold. It's to be able to attack what God has called us to attack, where he's called us to attack, but also to defeat the season of being mobile. Amen. So this is the Hope Center, and I wanted to show that to you today, and uh, I hope you're as excited about it as I am. Uh, it's, it's an amazing thing. Um, right now, uh, we don't have exact costs, but we're looking between 2 and $3 million. Um, that's uh, including the land development and everything else, and so it's, it's a big purchase. Uh, with that being said, I want you to know that this is not possible without you. It's not possible without you. For years, I have been teaching that God is bringing people to Crestview for a purpose. This is not the purpose. This is just a tool. You need to understand that. People are always God's purpose. Not development and planning, not buildings. That's just a tool. But to make that tool a reality, it's going to take all hands on deck. And so today I want to talk to you just with the, le the, the rest of the time I have. Uh, I have a, just a quick tidbit of a sermon called Rise and Build. Rise and Build. In Nehemiah chapter 3, we see, uh, and you're, it's not going to pull up on your screens today. You can go home and read it later. Uh, you see a listing where Nehemiah goes down and he says, uh, and these people built from this wall to this gate, and these people built this gate, and these people put the bars here uh, and the flooring here, and these people built upon these blocks and this block, and these people, and he goes all the way through people who we never see again in the scripture. But can I tell you enough, they were valuable enough that they made the greatest book the world has ever known. What made them great? is that they played their part in history by rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem in a time when people needed to know that God was real to them. Can I tell you that we're in a season that the world needs to know God is real again. God has been used time and time again for the wrong reasons, for personal gain, uh, to blow people up on Facebook and Instagram, whatever it is. But can I tell you, God's purpose is his children. 
and it's high time that we elevate him again. Remember, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. So when you exalt him, the only byproduct of that we should look for is that the lost are saved. Can I tell you that's happening? This past week, Wendy and I uh, sat with an amazing group of people who are graduating from Discover Hope. And some of the testimonies we heard were just phenomenal. God is drawing people unto himself. And can I tell you, no man will take credit for that. And I want you to know that even though there's so many names of people in Nehemiah chapter 3, ultimately God gets the credit, but he wanted to honor the people who were obedient to build those walls. So today I want to talk to you just for a few seconds about three things that we need to accomplish the task of building the Hope Center. Number one, to accomplish God's will, everyone must be in agreement on the common task. It's vision. Do you see it? Can I tell you that for the first time, a lot of you are looking at the building and you're saying, wow, I see it, but the board, myself, and many other people have been seeing this thing for months and over a year now of what God was wanting to do. And can I just say this? It makes zero sense for a church that's a year and a half old to be doing what we're doing. It doesn't make sense. But can I tell you, if God's in it, it doesn't have to make sense. Sometimes God will call us out of our comfort zone to do big things. And I tell you, it doesn't make sense that God has used so many of you already in your calling. A lot of you uh, weren't even saved when we started Hope City, and here you are now serving in the house of the Lord, making a difference in the lives of other people, when all along the devil had a different purpose for your life. And yet here you are for such a time as this. Number two, to accomplish God's will, everyone must do their part. Everyone must do their part. It's not enough that we see a common task, that we share a vision, but it takes everybody doing their part. I'm going to break that down for you in just a second. What is everybody's part? Number three, to accomplish a God-sized vision, we have to stay focused until the completion. Got to stay focused until it's finished. Wendy will tell you that I am a uh, a great person of vision. But when it's time to launch something, oh, I'm your man. I can I I use rocket fuel, baby. I can get it off the ground. But can I tell you, one of my weak points is holding on to the reins until it's finished. It's just true. I'm just telling you one of my weaknesses. But God has to strengthen me in that area to not just be exciting and cast vision to get something started, but to hold the reins and ride the thing down until it's finished. And God has surrounded me with amazing people that are finishers, and I praise God for that. But simply because God has surrounded me with great finishers does not relieve me from finishing. We as a people have got to stay focused until this level of the task. And remember, it's just phase one. What God is wanting to do on that 14 acres over there is going to blow your mind. 
we have seen phase two in its drawings. And can I tell you, it's going to blow your mind. But for now, I want you to focus on phase one and let's ride it until it's finished. Let's finish this part of the vision. So how can you help? How can you help us build? So many of you are doing your part, but can I tell you, I believe God is going to stretch all of us to do more. And I know what you're thinking. Oh boy, here comes the pastor talking about money. Yeah, it's coming, but not yet. How can I help us build? We need you to serve. We need your gifts and your talents. So many of you have made Hope City your home. And I'm excited about that, but can I tell you, I'm more excited about the gifts that God's planted in you than you taking up a seat. I believe God has given you a purpose and a gift to help us do what God's called us to do here. And it just so happens, it's almost like we planned it this way, that next week we'll start another class of Discover Hope. Now, how many of you have completed Discover Hope? Praise God. How many of you have yet to, to complete the classes at Discover Hope? You can raise your hand. I'm not going to point you out. That's okay. Can I tell you, everybody who raised their hands, we need you. Whether you've completed the class or not, we need you. You see, I, I, I need to point out to you that we're still building the team. The spectators haven't even begun yet. We're still building the servants. In Nehemiah, there were uh, hundreds of people listed in chapter 3 that helped rebuild the walls. But later on, I believe it's in chapter 7, it says that there were 42,000 people were brought back to Jerusalem because of the service of the hundreds. I think we're still building the hundreds. I think we're still building the servants in the house. I think we're still building our teams because there are areas that week in, week out that we still need volunteers. And can I tell you, you have a gift that we need in this house. And there are plenty of very valid excuses. Can I tell you, maybe, maybe you did serve in another church. And maybe they took advantage of your gift. Can I tell you, serve again. What about this? What about you served in another church and it seemed like the more you served, the less they cared? Serve anyway. We do not serve as unto man. We serve as unto the Lord. Can I get an amen, somebody? The Bible says to do everything as unto the Lord. Can I tell you how excited I am that I sat, first I was at Pounders. Come on, somebody can just give God glory for that. There's an anointing on that meat. Just praise God. <laughs> Only a fat preacher would say that. 
but I was sitting in Pounder's Rob. I was surrounded by people. Rob, you and Deb, y'all have journeyed with us a long time. And your service to this house is so valuable. I cannot thank you enough. But can I tell you the breath of fresh air it is to still sit on a Wednesday night and God be sending new people? How refreshing it was last month. We didn't even have room in the classroom. People came to eat and there wasn't even space. We had to, we packed more people in that little room last month. Can I tell you, we're still building the army. The battle hasn't begun. We need your help. We need you to plug in. We need you to serve. And can I tell you this? It's so specific, the need that I don't believe God will send the people that you're supposed to reach until you start serving. That's just how detailed and how caring our God is. You're designed to reach people that I can never reach. Can I tell you, no no matter how anointed the bounds are, there are people that they cannot reach. There's somebody waiting on you to serve. Can I, I want to jump off script just for a second here. I know that always makes Wendy nervous. That's why I do it so often. (laughs) So many of you are here and you're refugees from spiritual injuries. And I know that because God's had me praying for you for months. Pray for those who have been injured in their heart of hearts. And that heart of hearts is like the holy of holies. It's the place that only God can access. And people use that to get to know you and get you to open up and lay your defenses down. And the minute you lay your defenses down, the enemy shoots in and brings an injury. So that way you recoil with your gifts. And then God has to put on pause the trajectory of your life and the focus and the purpose of your life. And can I tell you, if I've heard it once, I've heard it hundreds of times. You're in this room. We have fallen for a very unique attack of the wicked one. And that attack is to injure those who have served in the house of the Lord. Can I tell you, the best way to backhand the devil now is to get up, dust yourself off because you have been taken down. I know what it is to be hurt. Friend, tell me, I'm I'm telling you from my heart today, I know what it is to be hurt spiritually. But just get up, dust yourself off and come back to the house of your father. This is not a church that's owned by man. This is your father's house. Now let's go again. Let's go again. Let's have faith just strong enough that we say one more time. One more time. And realize that the enemy of our soul is not other people who are being careless, but truly the wicked one. 
I charge you, man and woman of God, get back up. Dust yourself off and serve in your father's house again. Amen. I said, amen. amen. All right, here it comes. Here it comes. How can I help build? Number two, after number one is serving. Number two is tithing. Tithing. You see, a lot of pastors are afraid to teach about tithing because it's been abused, been manipulated. But can I tell you, there is a benefit to your tithe. The scripture says that God will rebuke the devourer on your behalf. The tithing is a benefit. It is a, 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 first off, it's a command from God. And it's not something that he's looking for you to negotiate. He's looking for simple obedience. And can I tell you this? If one person says, you know what? I'm not tithing. I'm not going to do it. Can I tell you? That's between you and God. But I owe it to you as the pastor of Hope City to share with you that your tithe is an obedience thing. All too often we get up and during Connect Car we say, hey, it's time to give our tithe an offering and, uh, and we, we kind of skip over it. But let me, let me explain something to you about tithe. Because a lot of you are new to the house of the Lord. Tithe is 10% of your increase. It's 10% of your, you say, pastor, how on earth can we afford in this economy to give 10% of our income? Try it and see what happens. Trust God. You see, God, I think he knew my heart when he had people write the scripture. He knew my heart and he knows that my obedience is easy in areas that aren't physical. My obedience, I can get up and read the Bible every day. I can do these things. But boy, when it comes tithe, time to tithe, when Wendy and I first got married, we decided, we said, we're going to tithe. And, and man, I was making some serious money. And man, I, we wrote them checks out and I went, he says, give with a cheerful heart. I was like, <laughs> praise God, praise God, praise God. And it hurt. Can I tell you, I went through a season where we lost everything and I have watched God restore everything. All because I put back in place his word in my life. And see, it's so easy to put healing into our lives, isn't it? Boy, it's so easy to stand on scripture for healing. It's easy to stand in our salvation, isn't it? It's easy to stand on relational pressures. Boy, when it comes time to stand with our finances, can I tell you a lot of that is because, again, our mind has these flashbacks of people who have abused money in the name of God. But I want you to know this. This church, we steward every penny with wisdom and according to the scripture. So we're not what you've experienced maybe in the past. For every one person that's abused the tithe, can I tell you there are thousands that have used it for the right reasons. 
can I tell you, we wouldn't be able to have service right now if it wasn't for the tithe of people. To pay the bill, this air conditioner that works so infrequently. <laughs> we rent this space every week. And we would not have the means to do that if someone didn't tithe. So here's what I want you to see. You yourself are the fruit of someone else's tithe. And now I want you to see from the other perspective. Who will be the fruit of your tithe? If you don't tithe, we'll never know. So I challenge you in every area of your life to be obedient to God's word. And I also, I want to separate this because my next point is this, is that it's not just tithing. Tithing is an important part. Tithing is necessary. Tithing is obedience. But next is sowing offerings. You see, there's tithing, which is an obedience thing. But then there's sowing seed when God speaks to your heart to give a special gift, a unique gift that's above and beyond your tithe. Can I tell you, God will use both of those to further his kingdom. A lot of people misrepresent because they've read about money in the scripture and they misapply certain scriptures to different kinds of gifts. You see, your tithe is not a gift to God. You need to understand that. Your tithe is not a gift to God. The 90% you keep is a gift from God. The 10% that you give, your tithe, is in obedience. What you give above the 10% is what we call sowing seed. It's what goes above and beyond the 10%. And I'll be honest with you. I've seen people build buildings and pass buckets and pass buckets to build buildings. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not interested in doing it. Because this is not Josh's house. You need to understand that. This is your father's house. This is a God-given vision to the city of Crestview. He will bring it to pass. How do I know that? Last week, right after service, Wendy comes up to me. She goes, hey, we've got to put this in the, in the tithe bag. And someone had already written a $5,000 check to put toward the Hope Center. And praise God. To praise God. Didn't have to put no buckets out. Ain't going to run the ushers through no dadgum marathons. No, man, listen, growing up, they would pass the pot around. You ever been in one of them churches? They'll pass the pot around. And if it ain't enough, they'll be ushers. Come on back to the front. Come on back to the front. How convenient would that be? Ushers, boy, Craig be having to wear his new balance every week. <laughs> Which he does anyway. He comes prepared, you know. Greg and Eve Norwood serve with such faithfulness. Thank you guys for being over our ushers. Amazing man and woman of God. Yeah. But here's, here's what I want you to understand. Is that along with serving in his house, 
your tithe is something that God looks for for your obedience. Now, if he leads you by his spirit to give above and beyond that, praise God, that's because he sees a blessing in the future. Amen. You see, I could talk about finances all day because you're looking at somebody who is a a beneficiary of being obedient to God. Can I tell you, God can use the smallest gift to do the most amazing things. I'm not going to take up an offering. I'm not going to pass the buckets. My faith is just that big for this building. I don't feel like I have to do it. If you want to give, can I tell you, the ushers would be happy to help you within the service. You can go see one of them, but we're not going to have this big ornate moment where everybody gets up and they, you know, they stand up. Because I'm going to tell you something. I don't want your gift to be the pride you get from giving in front of other people. I want the gift that you receive for sowing into the kingdom to be something intimate and and private between you and God that explodes publicly in a time to when you need it most. So I will challenge you. If you're not tithing, start tithing. We need you. If God lays it on your heart to give a, to sow a seed or you say, Pastor Josh, I'm gonna give an extra $100 a month until we're finished. Whatever the Lord lays on your heart, that's another thing that always blows my mind too is the, when you get on uh, certain TV channels, have a lot of preachers on, and they say just $73 a week. <laughs> and then they relate it back to a verse. Can I tell you, be careful with that stuff, church. Be careful with that. Can I tell you this? We don't give out of compulsion. And we also don't give out of compassion. We give out of obedience. We don't give out of compulsion or compassion. We give out of obedience. You say, what's wrong with giving out of compassion? Nothing. Just don't blame it on God. You can give anytime you want to. Just don't blame it on God. Be careful, church. Be careful. I want want us to be wise in everything we do. So tithe, sow, give, whatever you want to do, help us build. I'm excited about that. But the last thing I want to talk to you about is something that I preach on a lot, but a little. And let me explain that. I talk about the power of it quite a bit, and we mention it every week in our services. But sometimes I think I fail to put the emphasis on it that it deserves. And the last thing we need you to do is we need you to pray. The Bible says that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. Let me put that in uh, Crestview ease for you. Your prayers change things. Your prayers change things. You say, well, wait, it says the prayers of the righteous. Yes, we're not made righteous through our own actions. We're made righteous through the blood of Jesus. Amen. So being covered by his blood, being a son and daughter of Christ, which I pray that you are, you're righteous. So when you begin to talk to God, here's one of the things I'll ask you to talk to him about. God, I thank you for the vision of the Hope Center. God, would you bring resources, yes, to help us build, but more than that, bring resources to make us the most effective spiritual building the world has ever seen. I want seven days a week from sun up to sundown and even past 
I want people to be able to come to the house of the Lord for their needs to be met. Not just spiritual needs. But I want it to be a beacon of hope for our community. So I need you to pray for that. I need you to pray that God will continue to send people. Just this past week, I was sitting in Chick-fil-A and a guy comes up and he tells me, he says, hey, he says, I want to introduce you to somebody who can help you because I put on Facebook a few weeks ago, we need somebody who knows how to help people get their GED. Can I tell you, there is a limitation that's put on people in our society based on education and the house of the Lord is a place that we can use to help people further that and get past that hurdle. And while I'm sitting in Chick-fil-A, me and Nora were on a daddy-daughter date. This guy comes up and says, I want to introduce you to somebody. And says, hey, uh, the, 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 the closest place they're doing this is Northwest Florida State in Niceville. There's nobody on, in north of the county doing this. And he said, when y'all build the Hope Center, are you interested? I said, are you kidding? I've been praying for this. And so this week, I'm supposed to be having a meeting to hear. Uh, and here's what's even crazier is the county covers the cost. Can I tell you, the Bible says that the Lord brings increase and he adds no sorrow to it. How great is that? That people will be able to come to the house of the Lord and break traditional curses. Amen. And not just in the spiritual, but in the natural. Can I tell you, it's time for the church to stand up and be the church again. Whatever the need. Bring it to your father. Can I tell you, whatever my kids need, irrelevant of my capability, they come to me. Irrelevant of my capability. The other day, me and Nora were fishing down by the pond. She goes, Dad, I need you to carry me up to the house. I said, well. (laughs) The problem is, is you have my DNA. And you got Viking blood in your veins. You're a giant child. And while we're walking and talking, we get halfway to the house. She doesn't even realize what I've done. I walk her halfway to the house where I think I can get her the rest of the way. And I said, well, since you asked right, come on. I throw up on my hip. And I start running. Well, I barely made it. Barely made it. Sucking buttermilk the whole way. That child is dense. Can I tell you? made of liquid mercury or something. I don't know what's in that baby. But here's what's powerful. I got her to the back porch. I sat up on the back porch. She said, you're so strong. I said, you sure right. You sure right. Can I tell you, it's that kind of childlike faith the world needs in our heavenly father again. That it doesn't matter what the need is. You can come to your daddy's house and get that need met. Can I tell you, I'm interested in spiritual freedom. but I'm also interested in offering programs that if you are addicted to a chemical, you can come to your father's house. I'm interested in teaching you the Bible, but if you can't read it, what good does it do me to buy you one? This is the vision of hope. This is the vision that's going to turn our city inside out and upside down. All too often the church has said, we can do this, this, and this, and then put limitations. Can I tell you, there's no limitations. Whatever the Lord has for us, we'll receive it. Amen.
Stand up on your feet. I want to pray for you. Hope City, it's time to build. Hope City, it's time to build. If you would, this is a, a, a momentous occasion. We will never forget this day. If you would join hands, cross the aisles. We're about to declare the hand of the Lord on this project. Cross on over. That's all right. Nobody going to judge you, baby. It's your daddy's house. Father, in the name of Jesus, we dedicate this house to you. Before a single drop of dirt is moved, we dedicate this construction project to you. Before we move a twig on that property, we say that is your land. We pray that not a single drop of sticks or wood or dirt will be moved without it being your will. We dedicate this day to you. How long we have prayed. How long we have come before you with prayers of supplication and demands of needing space. And now, Father, you have released us to build. This is not of man's doing. This is of your doing, Father. So we just give it back to you and we say, thank you first. Thank you for bringing this body of believers together. Thank you, Lord, that everything we need to build is already here. It's already here. Now, Father, with hands connected, I speak increase on this church family. I pray that those who have the gifts that you need to ignite now be ignited in the name of Jesus to serve in your house like never before. And Father, for those who are serving, just the wind of heaven to be at their back, just a renewal of the goodness and the energy of heaven, just to hit them and reignite them again, Father. I thank you, Lord, that now until the day we move into the new building, Father, there's going to be a new, just invigorating spirit of the living God in this house. Father, for those who have yet to serve, I say arise, O man and woman of God. Bring your gifts to the walls of Jerusalem to build. Bring your gifts to the walls of your father's city and build. I thank you for that, Lord. For those who are going to step out in faith and tithe, Lord, give them the gift of faith. The gift that they can celebrate giving back to you. Recognizing that it's all from you. Everything we have is yours. Lord, what a celebration it is just to return the 10% and you bless us with the 90. Help us to see that. Help us to see that sowing seeds in your kingdom always yields a harvest. It never returns void. Thank you, Lord, that every seed that is sown, that every penny will represent a soul. Father, may we never forget that your business is the people business, that you are about the business of getting your children back 
Help us to stay focused on that. But Lord, there are those, they need to see that we care first. So use the Hope Center as a place of care and nourishment, as a place where the lost truly can be found, maybe even physically, before they are spiritually, and that's okay. Use us to meet the needs of your children. Here we are. Use us. Father, lastly, ignite us to pray like never before. Wake us up in the middle of the night to pray. Draw us to spirit-led prayer, that fervent prayer that changes things. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to use us in a new and a very mighty way. Father, we thank you for the tool that's coming. But Lord, ultimately, it's just a tool. We are your children. And we thank you for loving us the way you do. You're a loving, a caring, and a benevolent Father. Father, in closing, I say bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace, both now and forevermore. Cover us with the precious blood of Jesus. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet, I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Thank you, Lord, that building in the face of adversity and opposition is just our game. It's what you've called us to do. It's what you've warned us about. It's what you've equipped us for. Father, as we step out to build, we thank you we do not step out alone. We step out under the power and the anointing of the Most High God. And I thank you for anointing each person here in the Spirit, give them a trowel in their left hand and a sword in their right. That as we build, that they will be able to defend their families and tear down the walls of the wicked one. I give you praise for it. Bring us back next week with more of your wisdom and more of your word hidden in our heart. We thank you for the Hope Center, but more than that, we thank you for the hope of mankind, Jesus. We give you praise and we thank you for being the God that's always more than enough. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us today for the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that what you've heard today will bless you until the next time we meet again. We hope you'll join us again soon to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged to experience the real Jesus. Take good care and God bless.